Okay, so digging in online, it's the first thing I want to talk about is how the Kalgoorlie processing facility is coming along. So they touched on in their announcement today that they'd had external pressure put on them by the government of Malaysia, which has, you know, been well trodden out in the media. So the initial cost for this one was $500 million. Now they flag in the announcement today $730 million. But I'd question that $730 million number. So they talk about another $50 million in pre-commissioning cost incurred prior to first production that will be capitalised. So if you're capitalising OPEX, mate, I'm pretty sure that's CapEx. Why is the figure not in the CapEx? Right, let's get on to Red 5. Um, there's one number I really, really, really wanted to look at that I normally don't bother ever checking for mining companies, to be honest with you. I just sort of assume it's going to be okay and ordinary course of business but in this case the number that i i wanted to check first it's a number on the balance sheet of the financial accounts the trade and other payables it's 64 million bucks but my question mark is 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 64 million bucks is that is that is that like a reasonable number to have Right, oh, money miners. Welcome to day two in West. I oh, won't say it, JD. It's Emerald House. Emerald House. Em- Emerald House. That's Not one two oh two. Yeah, thanks, Harriet, for the correction. Appreciate that. She has is uh, expecting one mention per episode, so she's got two in a row today. <laughs> We're fulfilling our lease agreement. We'll have to uh, let her do the intro one day to get get three out of three, mate. Tomorrow she can do true. the intro. Yeah. Where's wasn't Struth supposed to do the intro today? Broads. Broads, yeah. Struth could do the intro from out there. It's not too late. <laughs> I, can, I can call Broads in. It'd be rude not to. All right, all right. I'll be right Let's back. Let's do a celebrity one. JD, how are you today, sunshine? I'm doing well, mate. Jesus. That's the go. Bloody, mate, yesterday's episode, cracker. It was. 3,000 views within the first 24 hours and climbing. And climbing. And well, there's climb. a few good stories, right? Maybe it was... Um, some, some hot, hot names, some... Controversial things, which I think people were sort of expecting mm. us to give a take on. Yes, bloody... had, you know, you had Siona, which you know, we'd just going off the Twitter action in the morning. Get your loins wow. tingling a bit, doesn't it, JD? People wanted to hear what we had to say, which is just <laughs> nice. Right, oh, Travis, uh, he's rustled up another intro. Uh, what would you call him? Partner. <laughs> <laughs> partner of the quite, show. Quite a fitting word. Pa- partner of the show. Now, Broads. Intru- uh, this is Brody, everyone. Maybe well, it's obviously not JD's partner because she's seen. Uh, we've seen her before. She, now, she got a guest appearance. Now, G'day as well. Struth has sort of set the benchmark as <laughs> the one and only partner that's done an intro so far. Broads, what have you got for us to introduce today's show to the money miners? Now you can't talk from there. You got to get your gob nice and bloody close to it. <laughs> Come on, broads, give it to it. Today is oh Tuesday, 29th of August. Just give it your best. Get a money miners. And we're talking about mining. Right. Rip it. All right. We're hanging in suspense, by the way. <laughs> All right. Go on, money miners. What have we got going on today? <laughs> Gorn. What would you say? Gorn, money miners. You always say it's like go. Get a get a money miners. All right. Let me go again. Round two. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Good day. Okay. Good day, money miners. What have we got going on today? <laughs> that was good. Oh, that was good. That was good. That was I good. Liked it. Well done, bro. <laughs> Struth did expand a bit, but look, oh, hey, I, happy to come in and try again one day. That was good energy. I'll give you ten yeah. out of ten I'll for keep energy there, bro. Practicing in the bathroom for my next debut. <laughs> 
<laughs> gone from pe- people in the public have gone from singing in showers to reciting the money mine intro <laughs> and practicing just to try and get that five hundred dollar bait. That's the influence you're having, Maddie. Very good. Good Brian, stuff, Brian. Thank you, mate. Have a good Thank day. Thank you. Not not a bad effort. As I said, good energy. Struth sort of expanded a bit more, but we're happy to do a round two improvement. Struth versus Brody. Seven out of ten. Intro competition. Yeah. Coming up. I like it. Righto, boys. What do we got to install today? Money mining news for the money miners. What do we got? And we've got a couple. We're going to play a snippet from the Fortescue investor call yesterday. There was, a, there was an interesting sort of pointed question that we want to touch on. And we've also got a bit of a dive on Linus. And Red5 came out with their full year results. And you're going to give us a bit of a, a bit of a spiel on Hillgrove as well. Who yeah, are, took a look into that. A mm. bit of an underground in development copper jobby in yeah, South so Australia. They're looking to be producing. Will in, they make money? In about half a year, they want to be producing already. Mm. And I, I think a, that rounds us out. i got a gripe to pick with Linus, mate, so stay tuned. Yes, mm. yes. No positive. There's uh, oh, not – it's – Lower percentage of positive news, let's say. <laughs> we have, really, had, we have had some positive episodes, 100% positive. It was a bit out of character for us. Yeah, I couldn't sleep that night. <laughs> Get cold sweats and shit. <laughs> Very good. Right, oh, today's partners. We like to call them partners. And, look, these two companies I probably would be partners with some of the men <laughs> in these companies. Gadriel, Ron O'Sullivan. Spearheading the attack of Kadrill, finding ore in the ground. Exciting times for Kadrill. Well, last last ad, he was finding it with his bare hands. Has he has he graduated to being able to do that with his eyes closed now, or like, oh. what's, you one upping every ad, Matty? Look, it's it's like I see it like probably playing golf. You know, he he might be able to just have one beer and get to that optimum ore finding point because yeah, you know, when you have one beer at golf and you get better, like he's, I think he's probably yeah. Ryan. Ryan doesn't drink on site. No, all, all, yeah, yeah. no, no, all above board. <laughs> all about all but above he, board. But he doesn't need to to find the ore. Or the, the, the deposit, it just, yeah. Just He'd probably find a case of beer next to it as well. <laughs> He's just got that sort of luck. So, Gadriel, thanks for your support. And our other bromances, sorry, my bromances at Terra Capital, Langers and Bondi. Uh, tomorrow, we are, Terra are coming to the forefront of money of mine. Yeah, we've got Dylan Kelly coming on the show, one of the analysts there at Terra, to mm. talk all things rare earth. Yes. I'm really excited for that one. That's got to be... Uh, a bloody spectacular. I'm keen, I'm keen to get into really delve into the 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 myth of clays. I'm keen to meet Dylan. I haven't had a yarn with him yet, but um, yeah, I'm keen. I'm just keen to have a chat with him. Mm. Bloody oh yeah, because I have. I that yeah. was on my little Sydney gallivanting roadshow. Yeah, okay. So you met Dylan. Oh, mm. Well, that's exciting. At least one of us um, knows knows what he's like. He's a GC. That's all you so. need to know. I assume so. If he if he's part of the terror team, he would be hundred percent a GC. Mate, he's in that territory, you'd say. The territory. <laughs> right, <laughs> boys. FMG highlights from the call yesterday, JD. How yeah. did it come across? Because we did a bit of a I guess first pass on the leadership change of uh, Fiona Hick, the CEO, departing from after less than six months. We did, mate. It, it made a few waves yesterday. I mean, tenth executive to leave within within three years isn't something you really uh, want to be claiming too loudly. So we turned into the investor call, Maddie, and there was a question from Paul Young from Goldman Sachs that I I want to actually play out now for the for the money miners to hear. Your next question comes from Paul Young with Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. 
Good morning, Mark, Dean and Christine. Just an FYI, we've had 30 minutes to digest these results and the full set of accounts don't appear to be out yet, by the way. Um, and, uh, Mark, I know that with respect to Fiona's departure, um, I, I hear your explanation, but I do, do think shareholders need a deserve a better explanation, seeing as that she, she's departed with only up to five months um, in the role and also considering the C-suite changes in the past two or three years. So the stock's down 6%, by the way, and, and it, I just think that shareholders need a, a better explanation. Um, Dino, first question for you um, is on on the, your, your appointment and you know where you think the company could improve. What changes would you like to make, and particularly um, any changes to strategy and projects? Well, that question was... I guess the extra colour that we were looking for. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty pointed. So there'd been some probing questions prior to that one and the, the company really wasn't budging. They weren't giving any additional information. Well, the questions before that didn't feel that probing, to be fair. I mean, they mostly started out with congratulations on the promotion, Dino, uh, which is like such a bizarre statement to make, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it is part and parcel for an analyst call, though. Uh, yeah, it's always that introductory yeah. compliment yeah. followed by... What the actual bloody question is? Yeah. Well, I mean, at least Paul didn't uh, didn't yeah. dance around it. He was sort of straight to the point and asking, you know, what everyone's thinking, right? Exactly. So there's over a hundred thousand shareholders that haven't exactly been treated like shareholders of the business yesterday, going off, you know, the information that they have been provided. And I can, you know, I bet that Dino wasn't exactly expecting a question like he's come up to a job interview like he was pitched there. But I just think it sort of ties in with one of our broader thematics, which is wanting shareholders to be treated like shareholders. And, you know, you, you can't be too critical of Fortescue's performance over their history. They've got a tra great track record of generating returns for their shareholders. I just think on this one, they didn't provide quite enough colour as they probably ought to for the shareholders of the business. Did the AFR listen to you yesterday by any chance, JD, <laughs> I think? Them. Well, we did pick up that they changed the headline that uh, their – Fortescue's revolving door was a joke. So if you if you check that one again, that's no longer there. So what is it now? Mm. Uh, Fortescue's revolving door must stop. Must stop. Yeah. So read into that what you will. Yeah. Wait. They'll be quoting us soon. Don't you worry. <laughs> Haven't come a long way in four months. I'm sure they will. Right, Trav. Red five. Yeah, Annual so results out today? That's it. Annual results. So we'll just hit the headlines quickly. 165,000 ounces of gold, 4.25 million tonnes processed at an average head grade of 1.31 grams per tonne. So they're coming off the back of four months of consecutive record production from March to June. And that processing plant at King of the Hills is now operating at 5.5 million tonnes per annum. So the company quotes that as being 38% above nameplate capacity. So all that said, for the year, they had a net loss of $8.7 million. Now, let's look forward. FY24 production guidance Using the midpoints is 205,000 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of 1975. That's a that's a pretty high. They're the midpoints, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're the midpoints. So that's a pretty high all-in sustaining cost, especially when you take into account that 40% of their production over the next three years, so that's roughly 100,000 ounces in each of the next three years, is hedged at slightly over Aussie 2,500. Now remember, your all-in sustaining cost isn't really the, the cost of running the business in its entirety. They've also got the, the Darlow project as well, but costs are always higher than that all-in sustaining cost, so they're pretty pretty thin margins. So they guided growth capital to being between 40 and $46 million. Now, I want to tuck into the debt. They've got $175 million in debt. 
That's with, that was, with Macquarie, right? And that's tied to the hedge book as well. Yeah, there were there yeah. were three lenders involved, Macquarie being being one of them, and they um, started making repayments on that debt in December of 2022. So you know, nine odd months ago. A bit of that has been paid back. They're now at $128 million remaining. And they said over FY24 that around $23 to $24 million in debt repayments will come due. So they've also discussed wanting to refinance that debt and move away from the constraints that they have from their current project financing facility. Now, what they're looking at is- Constraints. What does constraints mean? Is it constraints means they're not- Yeah, it means they're not operating at a profitable enough margin to, uh, you know- like you say, meet the meet the debt requirements and meet any growth capital yeah. and other. There's usually baked into these facilities. There's a bunch of debt covenants like coverage rail, reserve tower ratio. There always is. Um, yeah, like sometimes minimum there's a minimum cash balance, cash balance yeah. these sorts of things, which are restrictions. Yeah, so because <laughs> that minimum, or you might go into because their minimum cash balance. I think it's seven and a half million. Is it? Yeah, and I mean, you know, that, that's a pretty low cash balance to have for, for a company like them. Sort so, of close to where they are. Uh, what, they're, <laughs> what they're looking at, you know, transitioning that to is a corporate facility that would, you know, have at the end of a three or a five-year period a, a bullet payment due and it wouldn't have such, you know, onerous conditions on it. So let's look into how the company has sort of managed their finances over the, the past year or so. They've raised $152 million in additional equity. So that's not touching on the debt that we just mentioned. So that came, that, uh, you know, 60-odd million placement and a, a $9 million share purchase plan. Both in, of those came after being declared fully funded, by the way. <laughs> that is something we fleshed <laughs> out a little both, while ago, isn't both, it? The highlighting both. Yeah. And then they had another $80 million placement and another $10 million share purchase plan in March of this year. So looking at where they are right now, they've got $20 million bucks in cash, $26 million in bullion and restricted cash. And I want to hone in on that bullion and restricted cash because that's, you know, it can be somewhat misleading or lead to a few more question marks, right? So honing in on that, they've got 16 million in restricted cash and bullion receivable. So in the waterfall chart, they just say bullion, not bullion receivable. Trav, you had a couple thoughts on this. It's like, it's like the waterfall chart went too long. It should have been cut off two bars before. Yeah. We, but it, and it did have a subtotal there, granted. Um, but I think it's it's about telling the story that cash is going up, and the way you do that is you you know bolt on a couple of extra uh, or an extra bar. And in this case, I don't I don't think it, you should be including bullion receivable or restricted cash because for the purposes of um, like look, look, what you really want to know is like how 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 fine are they cutting it? I wouldn't be including either of them because restricted cash you can't use, and bullion receivable. I mean, it's like if you look at their um, balance sheet, there is there's no. Um, there's basically no indication they have actual bullion on hand. This is a receivable, so it's basically, you know, my my understanding of this is this item is it's just you know they've they've delivered bullion waiting for payment to come in the door. But you kind of can't include receivables and not include you know your payables. The two sort of kind of go hand to hand, hand in hand. They're not part of the the, the uh, equation as I I sort of see. And I, I'm going to dive into um, dive into the 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 part of that equation, which I think, you know, was really on my mind because when I saw the results or these these accounts out from Red5 today, um, there's one number I really, really, really wanted to look at that I normally don't bother ever checking for mining companies, to be honest with you. I just sort of assume it's going to be okay in ordinary course of business. But in this case, the number that I, I wanted to check first it's a number on the balance sheet of the financial accounts, the trade and other payables figure, 
which is baked into the current liabilities section. You might be wondering, why, why do I care about this number for Red? Mate? I'm wondering, trust me. It's because Red 5, they surprised the market in uh, February this year when they had that, you know, the $90 million equity raising. And um, they surprised the market because I think a lot of the market kind of thought they they'd get through. You know, production was ramping up. Uh, maybe they'd, they'd get through, but they raised ninety million bucks, which is a massive equity raise. And a huge portion of the use of funds of that equity raise was to pay down its uh, creditors list. So trade creditors it was to pay down trade creditors. And the trade creditors at that point in time it had climbed up to about eighty million bucks. They measured that as an unaudited number for thirty one December. So who, who, who's a trade creditor? Trav, like people, like people that built the built the mine, like yeah. anyone yeah. that they owe like money to. So you can think yeah. about it as um, you know there would definitely there would have been some con- construction yeah. uh, creditors baked into their mining contractors, the mining contractors, the people you know, who built mining the contractors, mill, people built the haulage, yeah. etc. So like yeah, anyone that's giving them an invoice, that's mm. that's what's been invoiced but not yet paid. Yeah. Um, and that so that number climbed up to eighty million bucks. A huge portion of the ninety million dollars was to pay down. Some, some of that. So anytime I look at, um, like I, I, I'm almost not trusting of Red 5 because they surprised the market on that number in the past. And, um, and I'm, I'm almost like, it's like PTSD. I don't want to get, I don't want to get, um, get caught off guard when, you know, in, just in case there's an equity raise that's required to pay down trade creditors again. So, so I'm looking at this number and, I, and the first, like what, what is the number on Red 5's, you know, trade and other payables at 30 June in these statements? It's 64 million bucks. There's some more colour in, in the notes section of these accounts saying that these payables are ordinarily settled between 15 and 45 days. And granted, it's been longer than that since the 30th of June. Um, but my question mark is, is, is 64 million bucks, is that, is, that a, is that like a reasonable number to have? And I, I actually don't know the answer to that question, right? 64 million bucks payable to, to trade, to, you know, for trade and payables. So is that, so you're saying, I guess it's, it's, it was 80. They did a raise to pay a lot of these creditors. Yeah, I think and now 30 million 60, in the use of funds is to pay down. And you look it's only at, gone down by 16 million. Well, six, the 64 million is actually pretty comparable to what it was 12 months ago in June last year. But June last year, it would have captured a lot of the construction, like, yeah. Parts. I mean, they were building a mill, right? And they had to pay um, all of the, you know, EPC and all that sort of stuff that was building the mill. I don't think there's much of that that should still be owing. So I imagine a lot of this um, payables is in relation to their mining contractors. And so in order to like assess the question I have in my head, is that a reasonable number or is it unreasonably large? I wanted to comp it against some comparable um, open pit miners out there. So I looked at the the list of open pit um, miners, single asset miners in Western Australia who had a similar mining throughput on an attributable basis because in my mind, a big driver of your cost is actually the throughput. And if you're doing open pit mining, maybe they're actually comparable companies. So Capricorn, they've got Carla Winder, which is a you know four to five million tonne per annum mill. Gold Road, their 50% attributable um, component of Gruyere gets them about five million tonnes per annum. Yep. Um, and then Red 5, King of the Hills, they're, they're sort of now calling that a 5.5 million tonne per annum plan. Um, so they're all comparable from a throughput basis, right? Um, so, you know, granted my analysis doesn't take take into account strip ratio or anything like that, but let's look at those three companies. What is their uh, trade payables figure in their latest reported 
you know, half a year or full year accounts. Capricorn at 31 December, 22 million bucks. Gold Road, 30th of June, 35 million bucks. Red 5, 30th of June, 64 million bucks. Mm. So it does feel on the high end. I suppose you can say if you compared Red to Capricorn directly, um, Red, uh, they do have the underground contracts as well and Capricorn is pre- is all free dig at the moment, I'm still pretty sure. So I suppose you can you can compare that but based on a pure throughput rate, um, yes, a lot higher. Yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of – it's a similar number that they have to what, um, you know, both Romelius and Westgold have and keep in mind you know, Westgold's got – three plants you'd expect a higher trade payables and Rumelius has two and they're hauling a lot further. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just I just can't bring myself to trust Red 5 yet. <laughs> I hope I hope I can, and um, but I just – I'm always just a um, – you know, my, my cynicism is sort of wanting to d- dive into the detail because I can't trust them. It's, a, think- it's just like there's that fear that there could be a raise pop-up at some point, because they're just it's they're on the yeah it's re, it's cut, still cut it's still cutting it very fine twenty million bucks cash month. you know in when you need minimum million. seven and a half yeah yeah it's it's fine right it's cutting it fine mm. yeah I think the broader point is <clears throat> is super valid if you've been looking at the balance sheet and you're really focused on that debt aspect and then you get stung by that you know trade payables aspect you're naturally going to look at that. And keep a close eye on that going forward to make sure you don't get stung again. Yeah, and look, and the comment from the investor call was that going forward, and you can see it in their guidance, and you look at what they they produced one hundred one thousand ounces in half two. That was obviously because they were still going through the ramp up. They did indicate that they expect that half two performance to be an indication of the whole of FY twenty four. But you know, ounces is all well and good. It's the it's the margin on it that's going to be needed to, you know, pay off these creditors and give them a bit more breathing room than they have right now, which is the mm. big thing. So, And on that in- investor – like it's worth pointing out on that investor call, the sentiment was, you know, a lot more bullish coming from management than you've heard in a long time. So it's just – it's my, like, cynicism that um, I'm just I'm, – I'll question every number and yeah. rightfully so because, you know, fully funded, come on. <laughs> and I, and, but the issue with Red 5 historically was probably a lack of transparency with the numbers in the in the lead up and that's which was, you know, expressed in a lot of the research that yeah. they, they weren't fully yeah. open about yeah. everything. Well, well they, raised, they raised that 90 million bucks in February. At that point, their half-year accounts ending 31 December disclosing that $80 million hadn't come out yet. So the market is still, you know, looking at their – their half-year accounts that ended 30th of June in February. That, that's that's a long time. Um, yeah. And it, there's just – like it's it's not necessarily Red 5's fault. It's kind of just the, the context of the reporting criteria that we have. Um, yeah. But yeah. Look, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I just hope that the operations can deliver a bit of margin and they don't have to raise again. I'm sure that I'm, – I'm pretty sure they want the same. But, yeah, look, it's just uh, – if you're talking investment risk but – whether you want to take it or not. Uh, Rebelius, boys, they're finally over the hurdle. 55% now ownership of Musgrave. They went unconditional yesterday, so I think this uh, saw a lot of funds vote uh, 
and they picked up nearly, what, 7.5% yesterday to get them over the line. So a big jump from their notice yesterday. So not much more to report there, but Ramirez now have, how, now have the majority ownership of Musgrave. Mm. Let's get into Hillgrove, mate. This is an interesting one. Yes, Hillgrove. They did put out yesterday some drill hits, uh, some step-out drill, drill hits outside their resource. They're, uh, you know, in development. Another story coming up that we're going to be – yeah, keeping a close eye on to see if they deliver. Yeah, so that hit was about 45 metres at 1.2% copper. It's a 100-metre step-out hole from mm. Kavanagh. Yeah, we so, have, you covered it a bit not long ago, didn't you, JD? The yeah. Can Man 2 copper mine in South Australia, 55 k's from Adelaide. Beautiful part of the world. That's it's, right. It's very God, if you're an underground miner, JD, you'd be residential there, mate. That is right up your alley, that joint. Uh, that's one of the uh, the big attractions for this. You know, you don't have to do fly in, fly out if you're, if you're working at this one and the company is um, rightly strong to advertise that point. Mm. So they've got uh, – they made their fully uh, – their final investment decision rather and announced that they're fully funded uh, a couple months back now. And unlike Red 5 and what we just spoke about, they're doing this without debt. So – you had a look into the underground development. This started in May of this year, and they're you know they're getting a second jumbo in at the end of the year. Yeah, so, so they're, are... well, they're scheduled for first copper concentrate production Q three FY twenty four. So start a start of next year. Yep. Um, they've got so and they've got free point free point. They're a twenty percent shareholders. They're a US commodity trader. They they seem to come on board in like twenty fifteen with them. I think they provided them with a. A depth facility to secure the life of mine offtake. They've obviously got some hedge. They've got some sixteen thousand tons of concentrate um, hedged with them as well. Yeah, to to your point with Freepoint coming on, they didn't come on as equity investors nah, at they that had point. A, yeah, they had a hedge facility, but they're most yeah. the recent how they've financed this. Um, Three point participated to get. Yeah, they took seventeen share. million odd from the roughly thirty eight million dollar placement that the company did yeah. a few months so back. So I think that's sorry, that's sixteen thousand ton of copper in concentrate yeah. that they're hedged for. So they've got. Uh, it's an interesting one that stands out. So they've got currently they did an updated economic study. They've got a, a four year mine life. It's at a run rate of one point four million ton per annum. But the the mill, it's a existing mill on care and maintenance pretty low restart cost, but the mill has a capacity of 3.6 million tonnes. So, look, any exploration upside and additional tonnes is a is a good thing, but they're never going to be able to to fill that mill. So I guess why is that, why is that an issue? We have heard it um, pop up a bit with these existing, existing mills and the new mines not suiting the mill. So because if you run the mill at a – significantly lower throughput rate to its capacity. You've got the fixed costs and you will increase the – significantly increase the processing cost per tonne. You can um, – this can lead to – you can get a higher recovery because you, you you can lower the throughput, leave, get a finer grind, leave it in the circuit for a bit longer and get a higher recovery. But will it's will that offset the um, – the higher processing costs. It's it's something that Gascoigne have getting questioned about. Yeah, constantly. exactly. So what the company says here is that they'll operate it on a on a campaign basis. So on off, whether that's one week on, one week off. We'll, yeah, we'll so sort of see. Yeah, so I think they're saying it's forty percent utilised. Um, yeah, it does give you a bit of flexibility there, but it's and they did because they quoted. If you look at their costs in their update, their economic assessment, they said thirteen bucks a ton for the processing costs. Uh, historically, they got eight to nine dollars a ton in the open pit, so it's thirteen. Obviously, reflects the the campaigning basis and the lower throughput. But will will they be able to achieve that in this 
inflationary environment, especially they've got 47 bucks a tonne for the mining costs. So it's uh, it's one of those wait, wait and see ones to see how they're going to deliver on this. Yeah, so they, um, they reflect an all-in sustaining cost of a bit over US $2.50 per pound. Yep. And I think we're roughly at uh, $3.80. And that would be helped moment. with the gold kicker, wouldn't it? Because they've got, um, they got some gold they're ripping they out as well. They get a byproduct credit. Yeah. Yep. So, look, it's not – because it's not a knockout grade. Like, it's just above 1% for the resource. It's, it's, it's all underground. I think they did mention that they do have the ability to make wider stopes um, and – you know, to increase the throughput, but that significantly drops the grade. Yeah, so. it'd be it'd be interesting to see if they can match that mining cost of forty seven dollars a ton and the processing cost of yeah. about thirteen dollars a ton. In actual fact, we've seen a lot of um, chatter lately about Lion Town and the study costs versus mm. what people are actually anticipating. A lot of analysts have been revising that up. So, given that these guys should be uh, born first, concentrate in um, within six months now, mm. we um, would be one we closely watched to see if that they can match those costs. Well, didn't we comment on, I think, the update, what were the updated underlying unit costs that I think Jardin were predicting for Kathleen Valley was 130 bucks a tonne and take out, I think they then said, if you remove the sustaining capex from that, it'll settle at about $100 per tonne. So, And that was on 45 I believe, dollars per tonne initially flagged by the company. Yeah, so, there, so you've seen there... Uh, Unit operating cost per ton double. Um, will Hillgrove be able to keep theirs down at forty five? And you'd expect the same. Uh, you'd expect a similar multiplier possibly on the processing cost as well. So there, look, Kathleen Valley fly and fly out. These guys are residential. There is, it's not a like for like comparison. Yep. But when you're mining one percent copper underground, underfilling a mill um, in a high inflationary environment. It'll be just one of those ones to watch on ramp up if they can uh, deliver the goods, you'd say. Yeah, just like Red 5, it's another one of those ones mm. that needs everything to go right. Mm, yeah, and I don't want to be bloody negative Nancy. I want to see these projects bloody uh, – I want to see them achieve. I want to see them win. I want to see them make money. But it's, Agreed, uh, it's a tough bloody gig out there. I found it interesting that they, they got given a $2 million grant to use a – like a continuous miner to develop the decline. You'll see. Yeah, we'll chuck up a pick of that one. Yeah, because you see it's all, but it's obviously, uh, and then they had like a thin sprayed coating for the ground support, but yeah. I think they did comment that it was slower. So, you know, it looks all flash, neat and tidy, but the actual um, development rate is much slower than drill and blast. You just want to get bloody in there. Okay? Like You can make it look pretty bloody neat without having to go down this road. Righto. Righto, JD, how'd you like it in the middle today, Cobber? It's interesting, a lot of lot of head twisting, but we'll get there. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to mix up bloody sit and fi figure out the optimum bloody yeah. position. We're finding our feet. Maybe we'll mix it up each day. That's it. <laughs> do you want to know, Thie, do you want to know a fun fact about mixing up things? You know the Arctic Monkeys? I do, mate. Yeah, good band. Mm. So they went on TV show one night and they said, you've got to mime it. It's all recorded. They're like, we're not miming it. We're artists. We don't mime. They're like, <clears throat> nah, you have to mime it. And it's all pre-recorded. Yeah, they are. They're like, yeah, no worries. So they all, the lead singer went on the drums, the guitarist went on, they swapped guitarists and another guy was singing it, but it was a mm. recorded one. Absolutely took the piss out of them. <laughs> Hilarious. I love it. 
Not relevant at all to mining, but maybe we'll mine tomorrow's show, mate. We've got to listen to their first two albums. your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're talking. Righto, thanks to all our partners as always. K-Drill, JP Search, Terra Capital, Top Drill. And Anytime. Anytime Exploration Services. See, we're even changing the order of those. Love it. Just to mix it up for the money miners. Hooteroo. Because we love you all. Hooteroo. I've got to go get a fucking bar me now. I'm starving. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.